Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Designated Driver Podcast. I am Marcus D. Wiley. want to say thank you so much for those of you that downloaded, uploaded, whatever type of load you do. Thank you for loading it with me. I'm excited about every show, but I'm super excited about today's show because I have some of my favorite individuals in the room. A riding shotgun. It's my pastor from the Word of Restoration International Church. Yeah. None other than... Apostle, Doctor Charles Everett Perry, what's going on, Marcus? I'm glad to be here, man. I am honored to be here with you today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. How you doing? Everything good? Everything's good, man. We You're looking top. good. Well, you know, we doing our best. That is, that is. My neighbor, my friend, we grew up together playing ball. He is now the illustrious, that's what they say at most churches when they introduce the pastor, the illustrious pastor of the New Faith Church, none other than Dr. Andre Germain Lewis. What's up, Mark? <laughs> What's up? Boy, y'all better loosen up because I'm coming What's at y'all. I don't care nothing about the clergy right now. What up, Dre? You all right? I'm good, man. What's up, man? Y'all, let me tell y'all something about Dre. Dr. Dre is a home uh, builder. <laughs> In the backyard. If you, if you want a nice backyard patio, pool, deck, all that, he is your man. COVID has taught this boy how to do a bunch of stuff. What else have you added in the backyard? Just change the fence around. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I heard that. And then my room dog came from Florida, Milton, Florida. Got here in the seventh grade. We played ball together. This was my first college roommate. He was my barber. He was my bodyguard, but now he's the pastor of the Fellowship of Love Church. My main man, Pastor Lorenzo Cottrell Ewing. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on? I'm in the building. I'm in, in the in building. <laughs> yeah. Everything good? Everything good. How's that, uh, how's that 13-year-old daughter now? Man. Ah, she growing. She growing. Yes. Oh, you feel like you have to fight in the, in the guys? Oh, he got your bag with you. Yeah. He like you, Apostle. Yeah. He, they, they. Got to keep the bag. <laughs> keep a bag. Well, man, y'all ready to get into it? Ready, yeah, man. Let's jump ready. into it. We Let's ready. get into first things first. First things first. First things first. First things first. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Dre. I want to know when and where and how did you get called to preach? New Faith Church, okay. 1997. Yeah, 1997 okay. is when I got called. And uh, it took about three years for the process, but doing that Better Way Basketball League, mm. uh, when we were kind of doing the basketball and doing the uh, Bible studies, mm -hmm. and we were just kind of having dialogue. And uh, over a three-year period, mm -hmm. I ended up going from the court to actually teaching. And mm -hmm. then teaching kind of, you know, put in me this desire to kind of want to know more and hear more about God. And then I just started feeling this, this, this shift yeah, uh, and you know me, I kind of I didn't start nothing, but I'd finish it. And so, <laughs> so, so that that mentality started shifting. Okay, and yeah. so that's when I started noticing that God was really doing something with me, man. Now you was not a member. I was not a member. Hmm. You were just over there for the basketball. I was over there for the basketball, and you heard, and and I heard clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Uh -oh. This is what I want. This is what I want uh -oh. to get into. Uh -oh. You heard clearly. clearly. The voice of who? Clearly the voice of the Lord. Okay, the voice of the Lord. Not, not, not Muhammad. Oh. Okay. Not Buddha. Okay. Now, how did it, did it, was it because, and we'll, we'll talk about it more, but was it a, was it a voice? Was it a, a, a sign? Was it a, mm. like, what, does the, what did your call 
sound like? So mine's wasn't like an audible voice. Okay. Mine's was more of a series of various events and confirmations okay. uh, over a period of time. It was okay. just a constant movement of people just confirming, you know, hey, something is on your life. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, you know what? You do well at this. Hey, mm. you know what? We want you to pray. We want you to do this. We want okay. you to do that. And everything was kind of gearing and pulling me okay. as much as I tried to pull away from it. Okay. It was pulling me back into church. Now, I have a really good story, but I'm going to save it. Okay. Uh, because the first person really that I think put um, a desire uh, for me to really want to teach and preach was the way that they carried themselves. And he's sitting over to my right. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to talk oh. much about it, but, but, but we, we go way back. Okay. And so, okay. And so, yeah, he, he kind of put a desire for uh, us, me and two other guys. Okay. Uh, he put a desire in us because of the way he carried himself. Well, let know? me ask so. the guy to your right, <laughs> which I didn't know his story, but he's my <laughs> pastor now. Heard that. Apostle Perry, talk to me. I want to know when, where, and how did you get called to preach? Well, uh, Marcus Church I grew up in, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Leon Ford, Wright Grove Church. Mm -hmm. um, I was always active. I uh, had gotten saved at 10, mm -hmm. was baptized, and so was always active mm -hmm. in, in church and mm -hmm. doing things, kind of like the junior leader, yeah. always speaking out, yeah. uh, you know, giving the summations of the Sunday school lessons, yes. all of that. Yes. And so... At 15, okay. at 15, I got called to preach, and I'll okay. tell you what happened. But when I got called, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come forth. And the reason I wouldn't is because there was another young man. Uh, his name was Roosevelt Woods. Mm -hmm. He was a teenager also. Okay. And Roosevelt had confessed his call to the ministry. So I didn't want to look like I was coming behind him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a Me Too. I didn't yeah, want, want to start a Me Too movie. <laughs> so, so I didn't say anything. Yeah. It was three years later okay. when I was at my dad's church right next door to where we are at okay. Palestine. And we were going out of town uh, on a church van. Mm. We had went to Six Flags, I think. Okay. And we were on our way back. And, and we were all on the band. And... And I had a dream. Mm -hmm. I had a dream. And in the dream, I heard the Lord tell me to preach the gospel. Go mm -hmm. preach the gospel. And, and Marcus, all of a sudden, when I accepted, it was like everything just stopped. Yeah. And I, I woke up from the dream, and everybody on the van was asleep. And so I came back, and I told my dad that I had been called to preach. Mm -hmm. And that was in 1986. So you got the call on the van. On the van. On the church on the van. Church on van. the way to Six Flags. <laughs> on, on the way back. On the way back. On the way back. On the way back. Okay. Man. I got that bed. My man, let me see if he's getting ready to lie. Well, well not lie, but speak things that are not as though they were. <laughs> Pastor Ewan, talk to me. When, where, and how did you get called? Man, I don't know about the how part, but okay. I think I can communicate the when and the where. Mm -hmm. My first year in college, okay, as you know quite well, so far, um, correct. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I was I was pretty wild. Come on, uh, grew up. I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Family of pastor preachers, daddy pastor preacher, uncles mm -hmm. pastor preachers. So I understood preaching and pastoring mm -hmm. well. I knew that wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to play basketball. Right. 
That's what I wanted to do. Right. And I was good at it. Yes, you were. <laughs> I was all right at good it. Good jump shot. And so that summer going into my sophomore year, one of my good friends, Pastor Terrence Johnson, mm-hmm. received his call. Yep. And I had a Me Too moment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> knowing his track record, <laughs> knowing how he lived. For sure. And I remember trying to go over to his house and we wanted to go out. Mm-hmm. I think it was, we were trying to go to Carrington's. Carol's. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. on, Carol's. Man. Yeah. yeah. We was trying to, we was trying to get killed. Oh, oh, real oh, talk. Trying to, trying trying to get no, don't park. Don't park. Don't park. You want to park parenthetically? No, no parenthetically parking. And, and so watch this. And so we came over to his house mm-hmm. to try to get him to go to the club with us. Okay. And he wouldn't open the door. Wow, wow. Man, I'm in there studying. What you studying, man? <laughs> Study later. <laughs> we tried to go to the, and he would not, he wouldn't go. Okay. It happened about two weeks mm-hmm. or two times in a row. And I was like, wow, this thing is like, this is real. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of began to marinate with me. Like if this dude yeah. can do this. Yeah. Mm. And accept this, mm-hmm. and embrace this, mm-hmm. and be disciplined. I wonder what God can do with me. Yeah. Sure, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I came back that mm-hmm. that sophomore year mm-hmm. that you know quite well, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think everybody in the room probably know the story. No, I'm gonna tell it again, but continue. I still need to be paid, man, because you're using me. I'm not using but you. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, and so. That that sophomore year, man, I and I didn't hear a voice. There were a series of things that happened in my life, but more than anything, like Paul would say, you know, I can't boast in the gospel. Yeah. I'm compelled. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am there there was a compelling right. that I could not I couldn't help myself but mm-hmm. talk about it, couldn't help myself but to think about it. It mm-hmm. dominated my thought. It dominated my behavior. And so, I, you know, I didn't fight long. I didn't do the three-year fight, man. I just kind of, you know, I gave into it. You did. And you were there to be a recipient of that call. Yeah. yeah. And, and I want to thank you, man, for being, you know, being a good roommate, mm-hmm. for allowing me time to study, mm-hmm. for not, you know, for not putting peer pressure on me. When I was trying to practice abstinence and all those things that you were able to, you know, yeah. that you look at as a bad thing, no, it's not a bad thing, but was really, thing. man, and and then your your yeah. then your then your upbringing, your mm-hmm. dad being a pastor, right. I think it made right. you only respect me, you know, For the sure. more, no doubt. In mm-hmm. those times, man, I spent some real deep quality, yeah. you know, times yeah. in that room by mm-hmm. myself, yeah, and yeah. I think it it helped a whole lot. So that's my yeah. that's my story. I just always wow. felt like. Apostle Dr. Dre, that low got called at the wrong time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for my life. Okay, yeah, yeah. because yeah. it just happened. I come in the room one day, he's on his knees <laughs> crying. Yes, sir. I thought we had to go, you know, <laughs> go fight somebody because somebody, somebody. Didn't beat up the bully. Like, whoa, <laughs> who got low? You know. <laughs> and then what ended up happening was he said, "Man, I just, you know, confess my call and go here, man." My, been on the phone with my dad. We prayed together and about to do it. Why? That's what he said. He called me why. And Kyle, I'm about to do it. Why? And I was thinking, I'm not lying. I was really thinking about me. Like, <laughs> wait. 
We're dating these twins right now. <laughs> right, yes, right, right, you right, twins? right. You had the good one. Right. What you mean? They twins, man. Possibly, I mean, we just reminiscing now. Things yes, are changing. Yes, but, but he had the good one. Yes, sir. The one I wanted. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, the one that just don't know nothing about church. And so uh. he now just, hey, I, no, stop going out, everything. Wow. And I was like, we just getting an hour. Right. You know, yeah, right. We just yeah. getting here. You right. know, finally getting out of, out of mama daddy house. Right. I'm doing me right now. Right. And he get the call. So this is what I want to say, and, and, and y'all just answered, you know, how you go. When you get that call, what is the what is the feeling? Is it anxiety? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Do you do you even want it? Do you even want it? I mean, when you really looked at got the call, when you knew, okay, this is what God want me to do? Was there any hesitancy? Did you reject? I mean, I know you were saying about three years, possibly, because you ain't want to do the me, too, the me too thing. <laughs> sure. But was that the only thing? What did you still want to do it though? Yeah. Um, I think what you mentioned, I, I would say all the above. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though it was something, it was even something that I I desired because I I grew up in that, right? And so I, I desired it. But that wasn't my drive. And so I think what you mentioned, the anxiety, uh, you know, the, the fear, the hesitation, all of that, not wanting it. You know, I would be concerned if someone say their call to the gospel and not have some reservations, mm-hmm. not have those anxieties, mm-hmm. because it's that's huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paul said, God counted me faithful and put me in the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so for God to call you, that's, that's you. And if you have no nervousness about right. it, then I, I think that's you. I'm concerned right. about it. That's my right. take on it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's great. Apostle. Yeah. 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 I, I feel the same way. Yeah, I, I feel this. I feel the okay. same exact way. I feel if you don't have some pause, yeah. then there's something th- that's you doing the calling. Right. You know what I'm great. saying? So I had, right. I had a whole lot of pause, man, because again, I watched my dad, I watched mm-hmm. my uncles, I watched, and I, I didn't want it initially, mm-hmm. but I also could not pull away from it. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, 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 it was, oh, it yeah. was, I, it was a pull and it, the gravitation and, you know, I was, you know, Michael P. Williams, I yeah. watched him and, you know, he groomed me well, mm-hmm. yeah. but the pressure and, I mean, this guy is like super intelligent. I don't know if you guys sure. ever, right. like one sure. of the most intelligent oh, yeah. men. He know the maps ever. in the Bible. Like, you know, and so I was overwhelmed and felt like, man, I can't, I can't do this because I can't, I can't speak that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. I hate to digress. I'll tell you a story. Uh, so uh, I, I'm 18, 19 years old uh, one summer. And he, I guess I, you know, he saw something in me mm-hmm. and I'm driving him back and forth to the office because the office wasn't in the church. Okay. And uh, we're at the office. He says, well, low, you know, give me a couple minutes and I want you to take me to the church. So we get in the chase. Remember get, to get a book. So I got a book, and he sits in the back seat. Y'all watch this. He sits in the back seat of the car, and he takes his book. This book's about this thick, and he speed reads the book. I mean, it's we're five minutes from the church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not lying. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes from the church, man. He's going through. He's you know kind of flipping through, and uh, mm-hmm. and he gets to the end of the book. and says, "Wow, 
man, that was an exciting book. I say, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Walker, that's Dr. Walker. Yes. You, you're talking about just the, the introduction, the, the just, you're not the talking about the, the entire book. Yeah. yeah. And it gets up in the pulpit kills. Mm. I mean, just all from the book. Yeah. I was like, I, I'll never be able yeah. sure. to, to do that. And so, man, was, there was some intimidation that I had mm-hmm. but come, coming behind individuals like that, man. So I had a whole lot of pause. What? You got something, Dre? What you about to say? No, something? I think they covered it all. They covered it all? They covered it all. Well, I'm coming to, to you with yeah. this one. So you get the call, because I'm going to come back to that. <clears throat> you get this call to preach, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting in front of three pastors. How is that another call? Or what clicks to go from just a minister, and I mean just, but you know, sure. to go from a minister <laughs> of the gospel to now pastor, you know, with your own congregation. So, so for me, I think <clears throat> when people start talking about a call, mm-hmm. for me, I think it's a call to what? And okay. so when I was called, I was called to youth. Okay. And so I knew primarily where God was calling me. And so when I talked about earlier, a series of things that were happening, mm-hmm. they were constantly pulling me towards being a youth director, teaching youth, teaching Sunday school for youth. And that was the initial call for me okay. was a call to take a charge in leadership in an area dealing with youth and young mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for probably 15 years. Yeah. And then there was another shift. And, okay. and, and the shift for me was the and, and these other pastors could probably talk about it. There was this um, area of frustration. Okay, um, it, it's it's like a struggle. It's like mm-hmm. a pulling. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not feeling comfortable where you are, and you know you need to go somewhere else. Okay, and you're waiting for God to show you where that somewhere else is. Mm-hmm. And then when He does show you, it started again for me. Everything has always been a series of things happening over and over again. I started being pulled more to adult teaching. Mm. I started being pulled more to, hey, you need to go to school. Then mm. I started being pulled more to, hey, you need to get yourself prepared. Hey, you have a shepherd's call on you. You know, you teach like a shepherd. You don't teach okay. like a young adult. Mm. And so those kind of things started pulling me and drawing me. And then finally, I started feeling this um, uh, this restlessness, okay. uh, if you will. Yeah. And it wasn't just like a restlessness at night. It was a restlessness during the day, during weeks, months, mm. where you were just frustrated in this one particular area, holy discontentment. And, and yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then after a while, you was you felt this contentment in another area, and okay. the other area was the pastoral leadership role. And so, as a result of that, man, I just really felt like God for me. Yeah. it was. Uh, let me stop. Let me back up and okay. say a little word about uh, when we're talking about this fear, as the apostle was talking about. Mm-hmm. For me, it was a fear of failure, yeah. um, not measuring up. Yeah. To what I saw so many other guys say, this is what preaching is. This gotcha. is what the ministry or the call to the ministry is. You need to be this. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at me saying, I'm not even close to that. Right. And so as yes. a result of that, that kind of was uh, gave me pause. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that, hey, I don't want to be um, the spotlight to be on me. Okay. Because, because I think in our culture, when you say you called immediately, oh, for sure. The spotlight. Right. No and, doubt. And, oh, and yeah. people want to mm-hmm. see. Are you who you say you are? Right. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want the spotlight on me because there was a tendency. If you hit me, I'm gonna hit you back. Yep. I don't care nobody. We, we gonna fight. <laughs> so 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 that, that that struggle. You said be real. I'm glad. I was so I'm glad we didn't meet, Dre. I'm glad we didn't meet. So so I'm not. I'm just going into it. <laughs> I done seen him get into with people before. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, what? Always. 
Yes. He's like, calm down. It's a foul. <laughs> just call foul. He were ready yeah. to fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, so that that's just kind of how I felt about that whole okay. movement. Yeah. yeah. Apostle. Yes, sir. From preaching <clears throat> in the minutes of the gospel, when did it click or was another call pastor? Well, um, you know, I believe it's 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 different steps and, and different things happen at these different steps. And of course we know God orders those steps, but I like to say he also determines the pace. Mm -hmm. And so just certain things happen at certain times. So um, I was with I was with my father, mm -hmm. and then when my father discontinued uh, the church, mm -hmm. and so I ended up, uh, that was a guy named Apostle F.L. Daniels. And so all of these different men of God who were in my life, who were part of those steps, is something I began to gain from them. And so Apostle Daniels, he gave me several opportunities, uh, and he helped groom me and shape me for the pastorage. And then, so from there, I went to South Post Oak Baptist Church. Talk about it. That's where I met Drake. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so, so that was uh, mm -hmm. Pastor Chester Summerfield. Okay. Um, and so while I was there, there were some things that I learned from from Pastor there. For sure. And and so there, I was I was working with the youth. Okay. And so I was youth director working with the youth and all of that. <laughs> And then I remember when when he he left, I think his job took him out of town, mm -hmm. took him out of town. And so from there, Spirit of God told me, OK, now's the time to start. Gotcha. And so I started the church from there. This mm -hmm. is in 1990 okay. when I started this church. Okay. That church, uh, then that was another man of God that God brought into my life mm -hmm. during this time. And that was some things I learned from him, groomed mm -hmm. from him. 1990 to 1996, I closed that work down. Mm -hmm. uh, it just didn't pick up traction. It just mm -hmm. wasn't doing anything. So I shut it down and went, joined another church and became an assistant pastor there. Okay. Again, getting ready for the pastorage. Some things happened there. Uh, the end of it was not favorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I knew God was calling me to pastor and gotcha. God gave me from there. God gave me specific instructions on what he wanted me to do. Okay. Go to the Arcola Fresno area, start a church, word of restoration, uh, your visions, restoring lives. Clear. Yeah. Your visions, restoring lives with the word. And the assignment is to be a mere city, the city of restoration. Hmm. So from there, boom, start water restoration in 2001. But all alone, God was getting me ready. I got you. He's those different steps. Mm. So that's how it happened for me. Hello. Mm. Yeah, I don't think mine was that clear in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's not. You know, yeah, it is. yeah. like there's I've, no cookie I've, cut. I've, yeah, yeah, I've heard of, I've heard mm -hmm. you know Apostle's story before, mm -hmm. and you know I admire you know the fact that it was so it was so clear. Mm -hmm. I think Paul talks about he desires the place of a bishop desires a bishop, yeah. you know and so mm -hmm. sure. part of the call is was I desired. Yeah. If I would have been a policeman I would have been a chief. I've been mm -hmm. a fireman I would have been, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. whatever I was a part of I always wanted to be the best. Sure. And I felt like God, you know, through my life I was a leader. Mm -hmm. yeah. Basketball team, I yeah. was, a, you know, For captain, sure. and so all of those, and so I, I, I wouldn't think that he would put me as a a, a teacher, mm -hmm. and then not put me in a place of being a leader, mm -hmm. and okay. so I think that kind of came along with being on some being under some of the 
the pastors that you know yeah. because I went from I went from Michael P. I don't know if you guys know. Um, I, then I went to uh, Gary, Gary Scott, Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and two different styles, yeah. sure. two different personalities. Mm-hmm. One's very much charismatic, mm-hmm. and I learned the pulpit etiquette mm-hmm. behind Gary Scott. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know when and how and what you know and so you know all, all of those things and of course you know then pastor terrence johnson mm-hmm. the whole administrative piece from right. you know being behind behind him and of course that happened you know I, I, I was kind of forced in a way prematurely mm-hmm. prematurely mm-hmm. to have to kind of pastor yeah. didn't really yeah. want to get into it at the time but it was kind of all i had yeah. And I knew that's where he was calling me to, but it wasn't when I wanted to to be called to it. So, sure, yeah, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the you know, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah. So it, and so and it's been it, it took a while for me to catch my footing as a pastor. Yeah, yeah, you know does. what I'm saying. It a, does. A, a while it wasn't it the, the setup wasn't like yours, Apostle Dre. It wasn't like you know where you kind of go into. Though I, mm-hmm. or, you know, I organized the fellowship. Yeah. It was you know before it was fellowship. It was you know Unity Christian Church. Right, right. And so man, that was a lot of ups and downs yeah. and left. You know, yeah, those to exactly. really get yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think for all of us, I think the the common or the common you know ground or grain is uh, a series of investments from other people. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And, and so for me, I think my preaching call and then uh, you know my administrative pastoral arm. There were two different yes, kind sir. of journeys for me. Yes, okay. sir. So the preaching, no one ever mentored me in preaching. Mm-hmm. No one ever took me under their wing and said, do this, do this. And for a long time, I was frustrated about that. Even uh, my, my predecessor now never sat mm-hmm. down with me mm-hmm. and said, this is how you preach mm-hmm. at no time. So all of my preaching has come from watching other people mm-hmm. on the outside. On the you outskirts. a good observer, Doc. So, so, <laughs> so, good. so what he did, one day we were talking, and in my frustration, I said to him, I said, Pastor, I said, why haven't you never just... And I've been under some great people. Mm-hmm. I had Harvey Walker. Mm-hmm. I had Chester Southern. Mm-hmm. I had... Um, who else? I had uh, B- Bishop Rufus Kyles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had quite a few different people who had different styles, but no one ever just said... This is how you do it. Yeah. Pulpit yeah. etiquette. I had to learn that by watching. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that I learned, wow. I learned by watching. No one ever said do this okay. because that old school technique was learn you it. can learn more by <laughs> watching yes. than them telling you. Yeah. And so that that was the system for me. But then the flip side of that, under Dr. Williams, 15 years there, his model was I'm going to send you to school. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not teaching you nothing. And then finally, one day we were sitting down <laughs> talking wow. and he said to me, he said, you know why I, I didn't spend time teaching you certain things? He said, because in this ministry where I believe God is going to take the church, you're going to have to spend time with God yes, and sir. he's going to have to craft out who you're going to be. Mm, he said, because good. a lot of guys mimic their oh, predecessors. Ooh, yeah. man. He said yeah. they never man. ever get their, their genuine yeah. personality in preaching. Own. Wow. That's right. So I don't really do a whole lot of things that a lot of guys do yeah. per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things I just do this is yeah. what naturally this is this is, this is what naturally. I naturally. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that has helped me to be able to to do my brand of teaching and preaching administration yeah. Yeah. differently than so many others. And I think let me just say this Mark because I, I think I think that that's really good mm-hmm. because if if I'm just taking everything 
from the guy ahead of me. Mm -hmm. If I don't get it just like him, then I feel like I'm failing. Right. Mm -hmm. When if God called you, then He wants you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and so I mm -hmm. think that's that's real good. So yeah. before I ask my my last thing about the calling, y'all brought up pulpit etiquette. Yeah. So it's really should there be a pulpit etiquette? Lord, Meaning, yes. <laughs> oh, most I, 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 I guess I guess when I'm thinking of pulpit etiquette, I'm thinking of a certain way you may preach meaning like you know you have a narrative preachers you have right uh expository preaching yeah. you have um you know three points in a poem topical you, preachers you, and so, topical, yeah just yeah, yeah. all that mm -hmm. but w etiquette that's not that doesn't fall under etiquette it, it, can. Opinion, it can. It I can. I think it can yeah it can. I think it can it, okay. it, mm -hmm. etiquette is more so man knowing what to do at the appropriate times yeah okay. like at funerals weddings gotcha you know what i'm saying if you all go of those somewhere if you invite it somewhere if you invite yeah. okay always gotcha. do your gotcha do your assignment do what you're asked to do do what you're right. gotcha. yeah yeah because i've those, seen a bunch of uh preachers or pastors yeah with horrible funeral etiquette yeah. i just oh, yeah. i just oh, want yeah. to say that yeah in my time yeah where the pastor the pastor promotes <laughs> women preachers right. ministers and then you preach a sermon talking against it that's yeah. bad etiquette. Okay. etiquette. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's almost it like is. putting your feet up in somebody's house. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, so I would never go to someone's house who teaches, for instance, prosperity. Mm -hmm. So if they mm -hmm. teach on prosperity, I'm not going to go in teaching against prosperity. Gotcha. So you try to, you try to, if you've been invited, if they've been gracious enough to invite you in, yeah. then you ought to follow the rules. So, so you're saying well, when in Rome? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, to yeah. I, I think, yeah, because yeah, see, the thing is, see, truth is because I, I run into people who will say, well, I'm just going there and tell the truth. <laughs> well, but really? but but here's the problem. Yes, You're exactly right. See that there's a lot of truth. Yeah, God is love mm -hmm. right. is a truth. Right, that's right. <laughs> and so right. you didn't have to go in there <laughs> and teach that truth. Right, that's right. And bring confusion in that house. I got you. And okay. so if you can't honor an assignment, don't accept the engagement. That's, right. mm. that's exactly right. See what I'm saying? Mm. That's exactly See what right. I'm saying? I got you now. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I want to end this particular piece. Uh, this segment rather uh, because for so long people would tell me well when you gonna accept your calling <laughs> this is what folks would tell you mm -hmm. when you gonna accept your calling I used to be like the, the, the Lord ain't, <laughs> he ain't me. called me I mean <laughs> yeah. and, and my thing is I've received a bunch of calls I, I kind of yeah. feel like you know I answer the phones and <laughs> they done call me down to the office like I would pretty much know if the Lord they sure. called me. Sure. So that's why I was asking you all the how the wind and the wet because yeah. I think a lot of people, especially in the congregation, we want to be called not necessarily to the ministry right. of preaching, right? Mm -hmm. But we want to know what is our calling for our lives, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You understand know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I used to get frustrated. When a pastor would just see, I know I, I was called, and and they be bragging like they that they that that they were called, and I'd be like, well, you know, good for you, you lucky. Right. I ain't been called to preach. I'm trying for to sure. find out what I've been called. I went to college for radio, TV, film. Here I am, a comic. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I know that I was called to this. Mm -hmm. But it was through it was through people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And I and I just feel like when folk, you know, I, I it's a lot of frustration. In the in the pews, right. because it seemed like that your call 
on your lives was mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. Whether you rejected it, ran right. from it, whatever, it was clear. But for those of us in the pew, it was like, man, I don't know. So what would y'all say, you know, to that? Well, there's, a, I, I, there's, there's, there's the young man in scripture who got called by God, mm-hmm. and it, he needed another person to actually let, to inform him mm-hmm. that it was God calling him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a couple of occasions. Yes. Okay. Eli. You, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Eli he came same. back like, who, mm-hmm. who are, you, are you calling me? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. go back in. Are you called? He said, no, the next time. And then you say, God, here, yeah, here am yeah, I. And so yeah. sometimes you need that other person to help you For sure. to identify what's going on in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. think the series of events that we had was having those Eli's in our life to sure. kind of identify right. mm-hmm. and clarify what was going on in our life. I will say this, and you guys can, can jump in on this. If God is calling you, mm-hmm. preach past what you're going to know. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it, you, it, it cannot be ignored mm-hmm. if he's really calling you. It's not something yeah. that you kind of, you know, put on on Tuesday and yeah. you kind of, dis, you know, it yeah. goes away on Thursday. No. Yeah. I it call is it a, an arrest warrant. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It's, it is it's a. It's not going to go away. It, it's pretty persistent, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, is. It, it is. It is pretty it is. persistent. It you is. can't, you can't yeah. kick it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. And I think you'll yeah. be listening, listening for, like, Apostle say he had the dream, heard the voice. I hear some other people, I heard this voice. I was... I, I got into a car wreck, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I man, I just being a preacher's kid, I didn't heard oh, sure. so many stories, so many different right. calls. Right, but you got to distinguish between the two calls. Right, there's mm-hmm. a vocational <clears throat> call, and then there's a call to ministry. Okay, sure. and I think, and I think the two, so for instance, your vocation, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a call. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a God ordained call. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people mix up the two. Okay, so call sure. to teach. Yeah. At Texas Southern, that's a yeah, call. For right. sure. That's a vocation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a vocation vocational call, but then there's a ministerial call. That's You're given discipleship. That's good. That's How right. are you taking what God has given you and using that for your area of discipleship? Right. That's for right. yourself, family, and others. Mm. Okay. That's right. Well, <clears throat> let's put it in gear. <laughs> let's put it in so gear. Is. I'm getting ready to ask you some things. I want to know if you forward, if you reverse against yeah. it. If you neutral on it, and if we need to park on it, we'll park. First thing I want to know, and y'all jump in. I want everybody's opinion. Can you resign from preaching? <laughs> resign from preaching. What's the terms now? Park. What's the res- you can, <laughs> for all what? Are you are you for resigning? You know, some pastors have resigned. I don't preach no more. I see them on Instagram. Well, can I? Can I, I used to preach. Right. I don't yeah, preach I, I, for, for instance, let me. No, no, I was a deacon. I get you. I resigned. Right. I get you. I get you. Deacons are called I, a pastor. Right. That, that's, a that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. but, I, yeah. but I'm just yeah, that's sharing. All. Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I was a deacon. I see people okay. go say, "Hey, Deacon Wallet." No, ma'am. No more. I ain't no deacon no more. <laughs> I resigned. Right. I'm just what I'm saying. Right. But you've been called right. to preach by God. But, so I'm asking. I but, pa- but pastors, watch this. Aren't we all called mm-hmm. yeah. to proclaim? We all call. We and so I don't think we you are. can resign from preaching per se. Right. Because right. we always have to do to do that. Okay. Right. So I don't think you can you can actually resign. Well, you can. Yeah, I ain't talking about from I'm pastoring. Think, right. I'm talking about preaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I, I agree with Lorenzo that when God calls you to preach. And see, first of all, we we have our own idea of what that looks like. For preaching. sure, for sure. Uh, we're thinking about the church. Pulpit. We're thinking about the pulpit. pulpit. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about all that. But right. that there's so many 
other places, right. sure. other ways and, and avenues yeah. for you to preach. Yeah. And so I don't think you can resign from preaching. Now, you could be reassigned mm-hmm. in, in your assignment of getting the gospel out. Like mm-hmm. Lowe said, we're, we're called to proclaim the gospel. There's no expiration uh, when it comes to preaching the gospel. Uh, I want to say it like that. There's no explor- expiration with that proclamation. You got to keep preaching the gospel. That's what when you get deep folk on and so, and, so, and, so, and so, so, yeah. So, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see how you can resign okay. from preaching from preaching yeah. yeah i don't i don't see that yeah and i agree 100 yeah. percent. i think okay. i think the, the the greatest example is apostle paul yeah you know much of the epistles his prison epistles he he is he is in some ways isolated and he can't necessarily preach verbally mm-hmm. but yeah. he puts it pen to paper he's preaching by letter and he's preaching by letter yes. and much of what we know in the prison epistles comes from what he does yes. by letter that's right you know so he moves from in the audible preaching to mm-hmm. writing, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so I think, I think that even unto death, mm. you know, so, right. so he does it all the way unto death. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good model to follow. Pastor, should he have a degree for it, against it? Don't matter. Should I, a pastor think, have a degree? I got two views I'll, on it, but I'll, I'll, I'll okay. yeah. Okay. Lead with your view, doctor. Okay, so so I think I think it's within the context of what, what your assignment is. Because there are some assignments, so I'm degreed, mm-hmm. but then if my assignment were in a position where that's not necessary, I think that there ought to be some kind of training or teaching going on continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, A. Lewis Patterson, which is a real popular phrase that he gave. A call to preach is a call to preparation. Right. You know, Apostle yeah. Paul says, study, show thyself, approve unto God. You know, we know those passages, right? Yeah. yeah. So the reality is I, th- I do think that there is a call to, to preparation. There's a call to learn. But I also think those things need to be confined to your context. Right. Um, the context that I was in, I could not move into a senior pastor role without having a bachelor's, a master's, and a doctorate from an ATS accredited school. Okay. There are some schools that are not ATS accredited or SACS accredited and it may not have an accreditation to it. So some certain contexts do not see that as a legitimate degree or legitimized degree. Mm-hmm. So it just really depends on your context. Okay. That's how I would put it. Okay. Right. That's just my little view. Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think that's a great, great a view. great view. And, and I, 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 uh, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But however, um, I think a pastor should be trained. Okay. Uh, that should be a level of training, education, understanding. I think it's important to understand the Bible. You know, uh, sitting to my far left, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lorenzo was Don't very key. Mm-hmm. He was very key okay. uh, in helping me uh, want to go further and be trained. And pursue uh, my doctorate. Okay. Uh, we were we were preaching somewhere. I was preaching somewhere, mm-hmm. and Lowe was there. Mm-hmm. And Lowe said to me, 
He said, uh, this is this is after everything was over. He said he don't remember it. He said, I never would have said that to you. So it had to be God. <laughs> it, it, it had to be God. I had one of the moments. I, <laughs> I don't remember yeah. this. He said, uh, he said, man, what were you preaching? Uh-huh. He said, it it sounded like heresy. And 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 he and he he had great respect for me. Uh, it wasn't yeah. disrespectful. Right, wasn't, yeah, right, right. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. It did something for me. Okay. It made me think about what I was saying. That I had mm-hmm. to research it myself. Yeah. Because a lot of times we can be products mm-hmm. of of what was passed down to us. Oh, sure. And so from that point on, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had a theological understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm of God and, and, and sound doctrine and the word of God, uh, you know, and so, because what you say, uh, you know, somebody's going to believe you. Mm -hmm. And, and if you don't study to show yourself approved, the Bible goes on to say, uh, a workman need to not be ashamed, but watch that subverting the hero. Mm -hmm. That word subverting there means ruining lives Mm -hmm. that you can ruin somebody's life because of your lack of training Mm-hmm. And a theological grasp on the Word of God, mm-hmm. so I think you need to be you need to be trained, you need to be educated in the Bible, in the Word of God, so you can preach sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, then you you're gonna ruin people's lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, these brothers done already said everything need to be said. I'll say this: I don't think school necessarily prepares you for pastoring. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! no. No, you can get all the education you want. It's it's more than that. Yeah, sure. I think school teaches you how to prepare, how to study, how to research those type of things. But you know, if you look at it, man, Paul was probably hands down one of the most decorated, you know, writers of all theologians of our time. Sure, you know, spoke several languages. You know, and just very, very educated. But then you see individuals like you know John and Peter. You know, Bible talks about how they preach with great boldness, mm-hmm. but the Bible also says, and they saw that they were untrained, uneducated men. Right. And so there, there's a lot of use that God can use individuals That's right. That's right. who are led spiritually. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the letter kill it, but the spirit makes alive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I don't know if you guys know this Baptist boys say, you know, uh, <laughs> Well, not well. I wouldn't say Baptist boys. More charismatic guys would mm-hmm. say, well, "Were you going to the cemetery, seminary?" Yeah, seminary. and they feel like right. seminary does something <laughs> yeah, yeah. to individuals that keeps them from really tapping into the spiritual realm yeah. of mm-hmm. of pastoring, preaching, yeah. so forth mm-hmm. and so on. So, I think that there has to be a, a, a balance. Okay, there yeah. has to be a balance of both. Okay, training, education, so, so forth. So, yeah. Last one for against. Yeah. And we're probably going to park. This is the last one. (laughs) Prosperity preaching. It's not that difficult. (laughs) Dre is already, he's locked and loaded. He's locked and loaded? Yes, sir. Dre's locked and loaded. He is locked and Is he locked and loaded low? Tech nine. Tech nine. (laughs) Uzi. Machine gun. All of the above. Prosperity preaching. You born, you against it. I am forward within this context. Okay, I want to hear the <laughs> <That's> context. A, <laughs> so, so I think in the New Testament, you know, that is talked. The money's talked about more than anything else. Yes, okay. sir. I mean, it's a fact. Okay, and so I think you know, 
your upbringing has a lot to do with what you believe about prosperity preaching. For and sure. so for me, prosperity preaching, if it ceases at financial gain and doesn't deal with a person's spirituality, mm. deals with a person prospering in favor, prospering in life, pros beyond money, I think that, you know, we miss the context of prosperity. Okay. So so for me, you know, when you start talking about prosperity preaching, what are you talking about in 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 a um in general, okay. are you talking from a general specific, uh, specific, or are you talking about just just speculation about prosperity preaching? Now, I think he's talking about speculation of yeah. prosperity <laughs> 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 because I I think most of what we've been exposed to mm -hmm. as quote prosperity preaching mm -hmm. is centered around wealth. Mm -hmm. Riches, mm -hmm. material gain. For sure, that's 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 what when I hear prosperity right. preaching. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I hear. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I am against, uh, and and Paul talks about this with Timothy in First Timothy chapter six. Mm -hmm. He talks about pulling away and staying away from those who teach and preach that gain is godliness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and when he talks about it in that same context, uh, he talks about how uh, contentment, godliness with contentment great. Mm -hmm. is great, great gain. gain. That's right. Now, now watch this. And, and Dre here, he, he, he knows, uh, and low too. But watch this. Now, godliness with contentment. See, the scripture teaches us to be content uh, with whatever we have. Mm-hmm. So I have to come to a place of contentment with what I have, whatever it is, that's whether right. it's a little or whatever. Mm -hmm. He says, that's great gain. That word great there means large. Mm -hmm. The person who has and they're content with what they have, according to the scripture, they're living large. Mm -hmm. But see, that's not the way the world sees it. For sure. The way the world sees it, the more you have. Yeah. Now, he living large. He live, right. But God says, whatever you have, if you're content with it, that's large living. Mm -hmm. And so now, Paul, further down, he, he says then, he says now um, that if, if you don't get this right, if you're running after material gain and wealth and prosperity and all of that, he says it's going to it's going to cause you to err from the faith. Mm -hmm. You're going to get away from sound doctrine. And I'm, what I've seen over the years is that the, the preaching that I've heard mm -hmm. and, and what I've seen many Christians do, mm -hmm. it has caused them to stray from sound doctrine. Yeah. And see, whenever your doctrine is off, your relationship with God's going to be off. If your relationship with God's going to be off, your faith is going to be off. Mm -hmm. Now you're expecting God to do something he never told you he would do for you. Mm -hmm. And people end up drowning in their sorrows. Because I thought I was going to have one of them yeah. that you have. <laughs> I was going to get one of them. You know, I've been here six months. I yeah. believe in God, too. Yeah. And, and watch this. And, yeah. and for many Christians, their call to come to Christ hmm. is that, that. He, he, you, you see what I'm driving? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You right. need to come on to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you see where I'm living. And right. then they come to the Lord, yeah. and they still in their apartment. Yeah, yeah. Man, I went to the Lord. Yeah, I went <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And, I mean, that's what I've said. Right, right. For sure, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, went to I, t- I totally agree. There's so many cautions about riches, riches in the Bible. It is. There's it a is. lot of. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like warnings. Do it not is. make mm-hmm. sure. You know. And I think you know if we look at the one of those uh, stories in in the scripture where I believe it was Jesus talking about you know uh, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God and his disciples are like, well, Lord, who, who, who can enter in? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. this is, this is like a tough, yeah. a tough thing. And so I think that there has to be a, a, a level of understanding right. of what prosperity is, mm-hmm. you know, is this spiritual? Is it, is it, is it physical? Is it, you know, economical, what type? And I think that we can teach prosperity on so many different levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside of money. Yes. That's outside right. of money. Yes. You know what I'm outside saying? Like money. outside, outside of, money. of money. We're all going to leave an inheritance. Yeah. But what type of inheritance are we talking about? Is right. it, you know, is it money? Yeah. Is it just sure. so I think that we have to look at it from right. a broader spectrum? And I think, you know, I wanted to bring that up, you know, uh, as we close. I wanted to bring <laughs> that up because I think Apostle, you know, that's my past. I think you do a fantastic job of that. Yeah. You know, we talk about prosperity on every level but i want to end with this tonight do y'all remember a couple of years ago when this would be considered i'm finna give you some keys i I remember a couple years ago when uh i think dr creflo dollar he went viral because he wanted a um a jet Mm -hmm. he wanted a new jet he already had one Mm -hmm. and he and 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 he wanted another one and i don't want to mess up the story but to my knowledge he was kind of letting the folk know, hey, I need a new jet. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, let's do it. He wasn't hiding or nothing. You know, I need y'all to help me get this new thing. And uh, and I remember at my barbershop, because at my barbershop, anything Christian that happened, they, they looking at me. Oh, yeah. What's up with your boy Creflo? You know, this is what I'm hearing. What's up, your boy want another jet? Oh, I mean, they just going in, right? And so, you know, because he, they was coming at, at him, but talking to me, I almost... Wavered. I was like, "Hey, Creflo, I mean, I already got a jet, man. I ain't want another one. I mean, I don't even know the store, but how the Lord had it. I was in uh, Orlando, Florida, and uh, I was doing this church. Watch this. I was doing this church. Oh my goodness! And the, and the pastor got a church in Orlando and Jersey. So I'm doing one service in Orlando at six on a Saturday. We fly first thing. Um, no, we fly the last flight Saturday to get there to do all his services Sunday. Bad weather. Everybody get the text. No flights. Everything canceled. So I'm thinking, oh, sh- wait a minute. I got to get there. I got to get the rest of this money. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this 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 cannot mess up. This cannot mess up my money. I got. We go get it. But anyway, I was like, oh man, I ain't gonna be able to go. So anyway, they was chilling. They was like, hey, go back to the hotel. We'll call you. Let you know what we are gonna do. So they call me. They call me about one in the morning and said, yeah, be ready. They gonna send a car to get you at about. 5.30. We're going to leave at 6. I said, 6? <laughs> 5.30? I said, I'm 20 minutes from, from the airport. From the airport. I got to get through the, you know, right. TSA every time. I'm like, we ain't going to make it. I said, oh. Man, the folk picked me up. We passed that airport. I saw us passed. I was like, they go to the airport entry right there. But we passed that. <laughs> Went into this gate where they, <laughs> they opened that gate, man. Pulled up. To that jet. I said, no. I said, no. I could have brought my bottles, my, my knives, my guns. I could have because ain't no TSA out here. And man, when I tell you we got on that jet and shot to Jersey in about an hour. 
Yeah. Uh, a little bit over an hour. Smooth ride, everything. His folk picked us up. And I said, Dr. Dollar, I want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if everybody who talking crazy <laughs> could experience could experience this. <laughs> They would not be talking no more. Right. Because as a comedian, I'd be wishing something. I could just get back. Just come back. I don't want to have to wait. Right. And all of those type of stuff. But anyway, that's how I want to end. Man, thank y'all so much. How can they follow you? Keep up with your churches and everything. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, thefellowshipoflove.org is the best way to get in touch with us. Look us up on Instagram, Facebook. Newfaithchurch.org. And they can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Same thing, WRIC.org. Appreciate you guys. Oh, man. All right. Thank you, man. All right. All right. <laughs>